Hey, good morning, Trace Church. Great to see you guys today. Uh, again, my name is Patrick, and um, I'm kind of a local. I've been here for about 10 years in the Colorado Springs area, and, and um, I have a wife and three kids. They're not in this service. They just were here at the 930 service. And um, I mean, if you guys have some little ones that run around, uh, you know how it is when after about an hour or so, you're just trying to corral them a little bit. And so I think they are maybe corralled out in the foyer there somewhere. But my wife, Lanitha, it took me a year to learn how to pronounce her name. So uh, my wife, Lanitha, and we've got three kids, and uh, man, it's just a, a pleasure to be here with you guys today, and um, I just want to say this from the very beginning. You guys are a part of a really healthy church here. This is great. I know Aaron just talked about some of the God things that are happening through Chase Church, but you guys are blessed to have some incredible pastors, some wonderful leaders here, and you guys. I've been to a, a number of different churches, and I'm sure you have as well, um, and, and uh, I'm not... Uh, how do I say this? Like, I'm not, I'm not getting on you for, for like, church shopping. Because you landed at a church, a healthy church, and it takes you a while sometimes to find a church that has life in it. And I've been to a lot of different churches. This church is filled with life. It's rich because of you guys, because of uh, your presence here. And so uh, what a pleasure it is to be sharing with you guys today. And I know last week, <clears throat> last week you talked about the voices that influence your life. And today I'm excited to lend my voice to that conversation. And in this world today, there's a lot of noise in the world. And, and so it's a challenge for us to try and figure out how to filter out the noise, how to rise above it, and be really intentional on what we allow to influence our life. There's a quote I want to start out with this morning. It's by Mother Teresa, and it's, it's this. Music is just like people. Some speak truth and some are just full of noise. Now, here's the deal. <clears throat> I thought that this was a Mother Teresa quote for probably like the last six years. And then I, I looked it up this last week and actually found out it was Bill Murray. Um, not even close. Not even close. So anyway, check your sources. That's a side note. Let me get back on track. Um, today, I want to start by talking about music. All right, Music's a big deal. It's actually part of, uh, it's, it's a, a big influence in our life in, in, in good and bad ways on the influence side. But Music and what we listen to, undeniably, it will begin to shape us and um, how we think and who we become. But I, I want you to notice something from the very beginning of, of, of my talk today. I want you to, to notice God actually intended music to influence us. So it's fulfilling exactly what he created it to do. There's so much creativity in music that's been driven by God. And it draws us towards something. And we're going we're gonna to kind of cycle or circle around on this a little bit today. But music, it draws us towards something. So let me give you an example. Um, my music style, if you were to look at my playlist, it's one of the more eclectic uh, playlists for sure. If you, if you look at, at my music, um, I listen to some rock. I listen to some jazz. I listen to some country. Pretty much have covered all the bases uh, in the room today. Um, I've been introducing my kids to 1980s, like, vintage music in the last year. Um, that's been interesting. Um, I, like, I, I like one of my just, like, hang out and relax, chill things is to listen to Frank Sinatra records. Like, I just have this eclectic music taste. But one of the, the, the kinds of music that I enjoy listening to, don't judge me on this, I like listening to love songs. Okay? And here's why. Here's why I like listening. I see some guys shaking their heads like, yeah, you're right. Um, here's why. When I listen to love songs, 
it draws me towards my wife. When I hear lyrics like, um, I don't get her, but thank God I got her, like, I just want to go up and plant a big kiss on my wife. It, it draws me towards her. Um, when I listen to music like Michael Jackson music, again, don't judge me on this. I'm not going to do it today, but it makes me want to dance a little bit, get a little snaps, and right? That's the kind of things. Music, it, it draws you towards something. Now, let me give you a more, just a broader example that I'm sure you guys can relate to because this happens to everybody. You hear an old song that you used to listen to whenever, and you hear it again, and that music takes you back to a memory. And you remember where you were, you remember what was going on. When I hear John Cougar Mellencamp, when I hear those songs, I remember high school in my small town uh, in Kansas. It's where I grew up. When I hear songs from Pearl Jam, I remember, like, it brings me back to college days. When I hear Van Halen, it brings me back to my very first concert. Now, I know that your pastor, I know Pastor Aaron mentioned last week, his first concert was Millie Vanilli, right? How many, how many of you guys remember your first concert that you went to? When you hear that band, it probably takes you back there. How many of you guys remember the first album that you purchased? Maybe it was a download, maybe it was um, a CD, maybe you were kicking it old school with cassette tapes, or anybody even heard of eight tracks, right? Uh, um, but, but music... It, it draws you towards something. And, and I want you to understand this, like again, at the very beginning of, of our conversation today, it's original intent and its highest purpose. Music is to draw us towards God. It, it draws us towards something and its original intent was to draw us towards God. Now that doesn't mean that, that any other object of music is necessarily evil, but in its original intent, Music was, its purpose was to draw us towards God. It plays a really big role in what we would often call worship. Now, I get it. When you hear that word worship, it probably kind of like elicits a certain response. There's a picture maybe in your mind of what worship is, and um, there's something that, that comes to mind. When my daughter, Addison, she's, she's 14 now, when she was five, my wife took her to buy her very first music CD. Right, so, so they come home from, from wherever, I mean, um, but they had this, this music CD. It was Hillsong Kids Worship. So it's like this worship CD. My wife puts it in the CD player, and her and my daughter start to sing, and they lift their hands in the air, and they're just kind of dancing around. You have, to, you have to know my wife comes from a more gospel music background. I come from a more Guns N' Roses background, so our expressions of worship are really different um, but they, they are, they're just dancing and singing. And my son, Braden, who's three years old at the time, he sees what's going on. He doesn't understand it fully, but it looks like fun. And so he runs into the room and he just throws his hands in the air and he just starts running laps in the, in the living room, okay? Now listen, from that moment on, every time that my son heard the very first few notes of that first song on the worship album, no matter where he was at in our house, he ran into our living room and he threw his hands in the air and he just started laughing and running in circles because he had conditioned himself to a certain response when he heard the music start to play. And here's the reality of it. Every one of us have conditioned ourselves to a certain response when the first few notes of, of music or worship starts to play. 
There's a certain thing, a certain image, a certain viewpoint or opinion based on our experiences, based on our past. When we hear the word worship, there's an image that comes to mind. And so really what I want to do this morning is I just want to take worship, like take it out of the box and let it breathe a little bit today. And so I want, I want to start with this, the word worship. It actually comes from this old English compound word, worth-ship. Worthship. It's acknowledging worthiness, or you could say it this way. It's declaring what has the highest value in your life. When you worship something, we're giving it the endorsement of highest worth to us and in our life. So it's important for each of us to understand this. We all worship. The question is, what do we worship? We all have a highest value. The question is, what is it? That we worship. And the Bible steps into this conversation really early on. The Old Testament, the writers declared, they made these statements of, of our highest value in life is worshiping and loving the Lord. And here's how a, a man named Moses uh, stated it. He said, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. Now this phrase became like it, it resonated so much with the people of ancient Israel that they included it in this prayer that they called the, the Shema. And, and basically, the Shema prayer was a, a prayer of declaration. It was a statement of what was most important in life. The prayer wasn't that long, just a few verses. It's found in the book of De Deuteronomy. I'm going to look at it this morning. Here's, what, here's how it starts out. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is one. And I want to stop here. We just started the verse, right? But I want to stop. Because what they're declaring here is that the Lord is the only one. It's, it's a statement of choose one thing to worship because only one thing can be the most important thing in your life. And in a world where they used to worship a lot of different things, this was a big deal. Hey, listen, still is. The world we live in today worships a lot of different things. Sex, money, power, all kinds of things. And this prayer, this Shema, is a declaration of saying, listen, choose one thing. Choose the most important thing and let it be that one object of worship. And it directs you towards what that object should be. And it says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your strength. Now, Jesus repeated this very phrase. It was, it was a big deal. Again, I, I was talking about how it's, it became a very, um, it resonated so much with people. Jesus repeated this very phrase in Scripture. And when he did, he actually called it the greatest commandment or the greatest calling in our life. Choose one thing to worship. Let it be the Lord and do it with everything. See, worship is so much more than singing. It's so much more than, than music. It's us giving God the highest value in our life. And that happens in a lot of different ways. I believe it's really significant. Um, I wasn't asked to preach this morning because I'm a singer or a musician or actually musically inclined in any way at all. The reason that I'm talking is because I've discovered what worship looks like in my life. And I don't know if you've ever asked that question or not of yourself. But if worship is more than showing up to church on Sunday and singing, what does worship look like in your life? Because there's a difference between 
a moment of worship and a life of worship. And we just have experienced a moment of worship today. You come to church, you sing some songs, you dive into some, into some teaching. It's a moment of worship. But a life of worship is so much more than that. It's about declaring our highest value in life and finding a way to express that. So let me give you today, let me give you three three very specific statements. These statements all kind of work together to just give you a picture of, of what worship looks like. And here's the first one. Worship is a choice that we make. Worship is a choice that we make. Now, I know that kind of sounds like a Captain Obvious statement, but here's the deal. You choose what or who you're going to worship. It's absolutely your choice. Scripture talks about two thrones in the world. There's, there's two thrones. One of them is the throne over all of creation. And there's really no debate who sits on that throne. Scripture says it's the, it's the creator of the heavens and the, and the earth, the Lord our God. But there's a second throne, and that's what's so important. The second throne is a throne in your heart. And here's the deal about this throne. You choose who or what is going to sit there. Worship is a choice that we make. And so let me ask you this as we, as we step further into this. Who or what is sitting on the throne in your heart? Because worship is absolutely a choice. Let's look at the second point here, another statement. And that is worship is a posture that we take. So worship is a choice that we make and worship is a posture that we take. I took a, um, a study, a, it was a course on body language a few years ago. And if you've ever done that, it's just fascinating to, to watch people's posture and to learn what, what posture and what it indicates. You can tell by looking at somebody's posture if they're open or if they're closed, if they're engaged in what you're talking about or if they've disengaged. Um, you, can, you can find out if they're really into you or they're about to break it off. Like you, can, you know you can read people's posture. And there are certain postures in worship that we, pro we just experienced a few minutes ago some real noticeable physical postures that happen during worship. Some of you guys were, were raising your hands during our, our singing just a little bit ago. How many of you guys, you're our hand raisers in the crowd today. All right, go ahead and lift them up high. Be proud. You're the hand raisers, right? That's your job. Okay. All right. How many of you guys, lift your hand. You're not a hand raiser. Raise your hand. You see what's, that's just kind of funny. I just think you, you just lift in your, all right. Um, there's some people who, they're probably more like me. I'm just kind of a, a hands in my pockets. It's, it's a real casual, comfortable posture. I can kind of sway a little bit if I get into the music, right? Um, that's another posture. Some people like to uh, take a knee. Some people like to take a seat during worship. Most of the time, my expression of worship, my posture, is I'm like drumming on the back of my seat in front of me, which means that I can't sit in the front row. I've got to have something in front of me to drum on. But th listen, there's a lot of different postures, physical postures that happen during worship, but that's actually not what we're talking about here. We're not talking about a physical posture. We're actually talking about an internal one. So here's what the Bible tells us. It teaches us that man looks on the outward appearance. Like we notice people lifting their hands or we notice them swaying back and forth or drumming or sitting or whatever it may be, but God actually looks on the heart. What we're actually talking about here is an internal posture that we take. And so here's, uh, here's what Scripture tells us. The New Testament Scripture talks about this, and it says about this posture. 
says, so then, my friends, because of God's great mercy to us, I appeal to you, offer yourselves as a living sacrifice to God, dedicated to his service, pleasing to him. This is the true worship that you should offer. The posture that this passage is talking about is submitting to God's plan for your life. It's a posture of saying, God, you you know better. You know better than me. Listen, every one of us have tried to figure things out on our own. We've tried to make the most, tried to make the best of life. But there comes a point in our life when we have to say, God, it's got to be your way. This has got to be your way. And that's a, that's a posture. It's an internal posture that Scripture talks about here. Submitting to his purposes in your life. That's a key one. So worship is a choice that we make, and worship is a posture that we take. And I want to look at the last statement here. Now listen, it doesn't rhyme, okay? It doesn't rhyme with the other two. The only word I could think of that might rhyme would be the word cake, and that doesn't make sense at all in here. And so um, here's the last one. This, this statement, though, may be the most practical statement of what worship looks like in your life, and that is this, number three. Worship is an expression of moving towards God in our hearts and in our minds. It's the act of us moving towards God. Now listen, that's why we sing songs in, in our worship time. We are saying thank you, celebrating all that God has given, all that God has done for us. The songs that we sing, they move us towards God in our heart and in our mind. What we sing, it resonates with us and it draws us towards him. It's also why we clap at the end of songs. Now, maybe you're like me. and the first few times you experienced this, you thought people were just applauding the band and just saying like, hey, good job. Way to go, Tyler. That was, that was nice. Listen, when we applaud at the end, we're actually saying that song resonated with me. The words of that song was something that drew me closer to God. It's such an important part of what we're talking about here. But music's not everyone's forte, certainly not mine. Is there anybody in the room who'd be willing to say you're with me? Music's not your forte. I need some help up here. All right, there's a few people who are, all right. The good news is that there's a lot of different expressions of worship. God created you very unique. Some people would just call you special, a lot of people, right? You are uniquely made. Your personality is, is unique. Your temperament is unique. And there are different ways to worship the Lord. And you, you tend to lean towards certain ways because that's part of who you are. So let me give you a few examples of that. Um, just a few minutes ago, Pastor Aaron was up here and uh, we, we received an offering. Okay, you, you see an offering when it happens. A lot of people would, would call giving an act of worship. And here's why. Here's why. You're moving towards God in your finances. You're saying, God, you're the best thing that I can invest my resources in. And I'm moving towards you in my finances. That, that's worship. A lot of you guys probably serve in different ways here at the church or maybe in different areas outside of the church, and you're investing your time, you're investing your, your talents, your skills, you're investing them in people. And, and, and you're saying, God, 
the best use of the time that I have, the best use of the skills that you've given me is actually in you and it's in your kingdom and I want to love on people in your name. That's worship. For some of you, you, you carve out time every day to read God's word and, and when you do that, you're saying, God, you're the most valuable person I could engage in intellectually. Learning about you, studying you, like that's worship. When you're facing a big decision in your life and you take a moment and you pray and you say, God, um, the one person I need to hear from more than anybody else right now is you. That, that's an act of worship. When you're outside and you're hiking and you see all the beauty of what God's created and you just take a moment and you pause and you say, God, thank you. That's an act of worship. When you've had the most stressful day and you know that the only thing that can get you through is if you lean into God and you say, God, I, just, I need some peace from you right now and you turn to him, that's actually an act of, of worship. These are all acts of us moving towards God in our heart and in our mind. It's what makes up a life of worship. And some of you, the, the examples I just gave, those may resonate with you. And you may say, that's me, that's me. For some of you, it may not. Here's my encouragement to you. Find the way that your heart best connects with God and make it a regular part of your life. There's a lot of different ways that that can happen. But it's got to be more than a Sunday morning experience. It's got to be more than praying over your meal each day. Find the way that your heart best connects with God and make it a regular part of your life. Because let me remind you of this, this last thing here. This is not really about your words or your actions. Now, don't get me wrong. Your words are important, and they carry a lot of weight. What you do, your actions, they're valuable. They, they are important. But Jesus actually warned us against this empty words, empty actions. And he said, uh, be careful because that can lead you to empty religion. And that's not what this is about. In fact, Jesus made a great statement here. He said, he's talking about some of these people. These people, they honor me with their words, but their heart is really far away from me. And remember, we as people, we listen to people's words and we, we look at the outward and God's saying, I'm interested in your heart. What's going on on the inside? This is about the activity of your heart. And that means that if you're um, singing words off of a screen or you've got memorized prayers, it, like worship is way more than that. Worship is expressing something from your heart. And it brings us all the way back to our first thing. Worship is declaring what has the highest value in your life. Declaring what has the highest value in your life. Can that be through music? Absolutely. But more often than not, it's going to be something outside of our time together here on Sundays. It's going to be outside of the, the creativity that God made and, and, and this funneled into music. And so as I close, I just want to encourage you, as we, as we go back into a moment of worship, and there's some songs that we're going to sing, and there's going to be some lyrics that come up on the screen, that you would really listen to the songs, and you would let it resonate with your heart. And it's going to be more than reading words off of a screen. It's going to be your sharing your heart with God. 
if he's the highest value in your life, you've got to find a way to do this outside of your time together on Sundays, outside of music. What we talked about today is that worship is a choice, worship is a posture, and worship is an expression. And I want to encourage you, choose God. The highest value in your life. There's one thing, and there's only one thing that can be number one. Let it be him. Come under his plan for your life. He knows you better than you know yourself. And lastly, find a way to express your heart to God. Don't put it in a box. Let it be everything that God created it to be. Let me pray for us today as we close. God, we thank you for um, amazing gifts like music that draw us towards you. And Lord, in these next few moments as we sing some songs, God, uh, help us to engage our heart in, in worship. But God, we also want other things that draw us to you as well. And so Lord, I pray right now that you would help us all discover our unique ways to worship you to declare that you're the most important thing in our life. You're the only one that's worthy of that. And we pray these things in your name. Amen.